Do you know who you are and why you are here? Cliff Ravenscraft here. Welcome to another episode of The Cliff Ravenscraft Show. I am recording this on Friday, November 27th, 2020. Two very important questions in this episode. Who are you and why are you here? My dear friend, Dan Miller, author of the book, 48 Days to the Work You Love, has told a story that I've heard him tell at least four or five times. And from the very first time I heard this story, I got caught up in it. I could see in my mind's eye this story unfolding in front of me. While I may not have fully understood the power of the two questions that are the focus of this story, I felt drawn to them. Who are you? Why are you here? I have since transcribed this story word for word, at least the best that I could find, and I want to read it to you. I don't know where Dan Miller got the story, and he would be able to tell you that, but I'm going to attribute it to where I heard it from, and that is Dan Miller. Here's what he had said. A rabbi was walking along the road after a long day in the synagogue. As he drowsily made his way home, he took a wrong turn and stumbled upon a Roman outpost. A loud voice sprang forth from the Roman centurion standing guard outside the door. With great authority, the centurion inquired, Who are you? And why are you here? Snapped out of his half-conscious daze, the rabbi responded, My child, what did you just say to me? The centurion furrowed his brow, planted his feet, and responded in an even more stern tone. Who are you and why are you here? The rabbi replied with a question. Good sir, what are they paying you to stand here? The centurion, displaying equal levels of annoyance and intrigue, thundered back. Four drachma per day, what is it to you? With a smile on his face, The rabbi answered him, I will pay you double if you would simply stand outside my tent and ask me those same two questions every morning as I depart. And that, my friends, is the story from beginning to end that I have heard about four or five times from the mouth of Dan Miller. Now, I don't know if you felt some sort of magnetism to that story, but I, every time I've heard it, had felt magnetically drawn to the deeper meaning and purpose of this story and the importance of the two questions, who are you 
and why are you here? It was quite some time later that I had the idea of taking this story and turning it into an exercise as journal prompts. And I began the practice, and I had an idea. And you could decide for yourself whether or not this is a practice you might want to try out for yourself. What I had decided is that I would do is I would create a journal prompt that asks only two questions. Who am I and why am I here? And over the course of three days, I would only answer those two questions. I wouldn't force myself to come up with pages or anything like that. I would just say, hmm, let me paste in my journal prompt here. And today, I will answer these two questions with whatever comes to my mind. Now, my idea would be that the next day, I would journal again using the same two prompts, answering those same two questions. Who am I? Why am I here? However, I already knew when I began this journaling exercise that I would refuse to go back and look at the answers I gave the day before. Coming up each day with fresh insight, what do I feel is my true identity? As I begin to learn and discover more each day, as I believe that God reveals to me who am I and why am I here? not relying on anything that I've understood and what I may have said about myself previously, what's new today? What have I learned about myself? Who am I? Why am I here? And of course, I also understood the the ramification of every day being asked those questions, being consciously aware and never slipping back into a hypnotic rhythm of being maybe who other people think I ought to be in this world. Now, what I want to do is I want to share with you the results of the first three times that I answered these questions as a journal prompt. This is directly from my journal. The first day that I used this journal prompt was Sunday, March 29th, 2020. When I asked myself the question, who am I? I came up with two bullet points. I am a creator. I was created in the image of God who has given me the divine gift of creation. I have the ability to take my thoughts and turn them into reality. The next bullet point. For this reason, I will hold every thought captive so that I never allow myself to dwell on any thoughts that I do not desire to live within my future or desire to live with in my future is actually how it's supposed to read. That same day on Sunday, March 29th, I answered the question, why am I here? I am here to spread peace, joy, love, hope, success, and abundance everywhere I go. The next bullet point I wrote, I do this first by my own commitment to, quote-unquote, 
feeling great and having my life go well all the time. Living this as an intentional daily practice by example. Third bullet point. I then use my voice and encouraging conversations to set others free from any thought, belief, emotion, or behavior that is holding them back from experiencing peace, joy, love, hope, success, and abundance in their lives. That was the result of my very first day. Now, admittedly, I want you to know that while this was the first day that I intentionally used these as journal prompts, I had heard this story, remember, four or five times from the mouth of Dan Miller over the course of several years. And while I may not have been led or felt inspired to journal my responses to these questions until March 29th, 2020, I don't want you to think this was my first go at it. I'd been asking these questions in my mind for years. The journey of self-discovery is not an overnight process. The journey of discovering, actually, the journey of rediscovering who you are and why you are here is not an overnight process. But the journey needs to start somewhere. And my question is, how often are you asking the question, who are you? Why are you here? So I told you that I I made a commitment. I would do these a couple days in a row. So Monday, March 30th, 2020, the very next day, without looking at what I had wrote on March 29th, I answered the question, who am I? I answered with four simple bullet points. I am a seeker of wisdom and insight. I am am a learner. I am a teacher. And the fourth one, I am a communicator. And then when asked of myself, why am I here? I have three bullet points. The first one, I am here because I was created to experience life, to learn from it, to connect with my creator and to live out the purpose for which I was created. The second bullet point, I was created to use what I've learned from all of my experiences to grow personally so that I can be enabled to serve others by communicating what I have learned using my voice in various forms of communication. The third bullet point, My purpose is to live the fullest expression of the life for which I was created and to help others break free from anything that is holding them back from doing the same. That was the responses to my second day of using those two questions as a journal prompt. Then the third day in a row, the completion of, of my journaling exercise of using these as journal pumps for three days. Tuesday, March 31st, 2020, who am I? Just a simple one bullet point answer. I am an encourager. 
Then the next question, why am I here? Once again, a single bullet point. I have a unique ability to inspire others and fill them with a sense of hope and courage as they pursue the lives for which they were created. Now, authentically and transparently, I will tell you that I had not journaled these two questions since those first three days, until recently, until this week. Again, remember, I'm recording this at the end of this week, Friday, November 27th, 2020, but just a few days ago, I found myself looking for a win of the week to share with my mastermind group, and I had discovered that, man, I have just gained a major insight and even further clarity about who I am and why I'm here. And I wrote that down in, in, as my win of the week in my little handwritten notes that I use to prepare for my next level mastermind meetings. And then this morning, I woke up and I was down here doing some soul-searching, God-searching, meditation, prayer kind of time with God, and I felt inspired to journal the questions, who am I and why am I here? And this is what I came up with today. Who am I? I am an eternal soul created by God for the purpose of playing a vital role in the unfolding story that God is telling through the divine drama known as creation. All right, that's who I am. Why am I here? I have three bullet points today. To bring light where there is darkness. I'm not going to explain these to you in detail. It's not important. I know what the meaning behind that phrase and all the other phrases that I'm about ready to share and the intentionality about each word that I've chosen to write down. But who I am and why I'm here is not essential for you to gain value for this episode. This episode is for you to ask the question, who are you and why are you here? But anyway, my first bullet point is to bring light where there is darkness. My second bullet point, to help people rediscover their true identity, shedding the personality that they have created to cope with the material world so that they can get to the work that they were put on the earth to do. And my third bullet point, to lead others to the only true and everlasting, and I might add unending, source of peace, love, joy, and fulfillment. So I share all of this with you, not to brag about who I am and why I'm here, because that's not important for anyone other than myself. But it's absolutely essential for me to make decisions that are in alignment with God's will for his creation, for his unfolding story, for the part that I 
was created to play in the divine drama that he has decided to make in creation. It's a pretty powerful thing to know who you are and why you are here. It gives you great clarity and makes decisions absolutely simple. It makes it all of a sudden easy for you to discern limiting beliefs that have been holding you back from living the life that you were created to live. It all of a sudden helps uncover and expose the issues about habitual emotions and patterns of thinking and feeling that are holding you back from your true identity and your purpose. I want to share something with you. It's from a book that I read about a year and a half ago called Super Coach by Michael Neal. And I believe this is in chapter two or something like that. And the whole idea is that you, well, let me see if I can find the heading of this chapter. Okay, it's, I think it's something like how to be more of who you already are. How to be more of who you already are. I'm not going to go into great detail into what this chapter says and what it's all about, but these words from this chapter, I want to read to you word for word and see if they don't speak to you much in the way that they spoke to me as I heard them in the audio version of this audio book that I listened to a year and a half ago. But then how even though I only heard these words one time, they continued to speak to me for the last year and a half until they brought about finally a revived spiritual awakening of my soul within just the past few months. Here are those words now. A quick look into a baby's eyes will reveal that we are born at peace, in tune with infinite or the infinite, in touch with our bliss, resting in the well of our being. But even when we're a baby, our very human needs from time to time interfere with our connection to this innate well-being. We experience physical discomfort. And because we don't yet understand the source of that discomfort, we do the best we know how to do we scream bloody murder, then to our delight and amazement, someone comes and makes it better. They feed our hunger. They dry our bottom. They entertain our nascent brain with funny noises and roller coaster type movements. And before we know it, we're nestled back into the bosom of our innate well-being. Over time, it's the most natural thing in the world for us to begin to connect and even attribute that return to well-being to the people or the activities 
that seem to be causing it. We're okay because mommy loves us. We're okay because daddy protects us. We're okay because the people around us, for the most part, appear to have our well-being at heart. And then one day we do something in our innocence and joy that mommy or daddy doesn't like. We splash paint on a wall or we cry when daddy is tired. And suddenly the ocean of love we're used to swimming in is filled with sharks and other monsters too horrible to mention. Before long, we've bought into the myth that love and well-being exist outside us and the need for a personality is born. But well-being, happiness, contentment, love, peace, spirit is our essential nature. So all our attempts to capture these feelings from out in the world, no matter how well-intended, and practically followed, are doomed to fail. Not because happiness and well-being are unattainable, but simply because it's impossible to find what has never been lost. Well-being is not the fruit of something you do. It's the essence of who you are. There is nothing you need to change, do, be, or have in order to be happy. The reason why this understanding of the source of well-being is so significant is that so much of our energy and our time is squandered in pursuing goals and projects and financial incentives and the relationships that we believe will make us happy. And so much of the stress and strain we experience in our lives is brought on by our misguided attempt to make ourselves feel better by having, doing, or achieving the right things. And it goes on from there. Those words narrated by the author himself, Michael Neal, a year and a half ago, I remember that day as if it were right now. I was driving down the highway, the interstate, from a speaking gig in Nashville, Tennessee, on my way to Montgomery, Alabama, to speak at Giovanna Ellison's Thrive Summit. I was listening to this audiobook at that time. I heard those words. I only heard them once but they were seared into my subconscious mind and I've been pondering them ever since. 
If you've been following my content for any length of time, you know that I've been talking about something happened starting in July of 2019. Many times when I've talked to people about this, I was it, it seemed inexplicable to me. Where did I where, where did this shift happen? What what was it that caused me to experience an overwhelming sense of peace, love, joy, and an an, an awe of the overwhelming abundance that surrounds me every single day and that that peace love and joy and that gratitude of all of the abundance has absolutely nothing to do with any external circumstance. It doesn't have have anything to do with whether or not people respect me, that they they look up to me, that they give me praise, that 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 they make me feel good about myself. It has nothing to do on whether or not I have a certain goal reached in my fitness and my health and whether or not I look good in certain clothes. It has nothing to do with whether or not I achieve significant goals that I've publicly announced about how many people come to a conference. It has nothing to do about whether or not eventually I, I, I actually see the fulfillment of what I believe might be and probably is a vision of something big in my future uh, and, and that I was on the plan of trying to work it out myself but finally came around to the realization. It's like, listen, if this is truly of God, I'm not going to be able to stop it. I certainly don't feel that I need to make it happen. And whether it ever happens, my peace, love, and joy is not dependent upon that. It's not dependent upon what's in my bank account. It's not dependent upon whether or not my clients love me and stay for long periods of time or if they stick around for a while and leave for whatever reason. It's not dependent upon whether or not my wife's in a good mood or my kids do something wrong or you know whatever. It It's not dependent upon whether or not my close friends are available when I have a question and and their lives are busy, it's not dependent upon anything because true peace, true joy, true love is not something I've ever been without. It's just that I've, for far too long, found myself seeking it in external things. When all along, that peace, love, joy, might even call it the kingdom of God, is within. And that's exactly what Jesus said when he was asked by the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, when, when tell us, when will we see this kingdom of God coming? And he says, listen, you will not be able to see it. You will not be able to say what day it comes because... The kingdom of God is within. I think that's about it. That's this episode. And until next time, I encourage you to take everything that you do in life, including your understanding of who you are and why you are here, to the next level. Mindset and Surround.